0: Good afternoon, greater Philadelphia area. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB, 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Stacy Mitchell. Sarah Timon is lost on I-76. I don't think she's lost. She's just not moving. Uh, and we've got Nick behind the camera, and we all work at the Tom Tool sales group at REMAX Mainline, the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania since 2018. And we're streaming live every week on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. Do us a favor, subscribe to the channel. Give us a like if you get something of value. Or if you ever want to schedule a call with one of our agents, you can click on the link there as well. So we've got an exciting show today. We've got uh, we've got um, the Sheffield Shuffler is coming on at 3.30, which if you don't know him, he's a great Philadelphia sports follow. And before that, we're going to talk about these NAR settlements how NAR NAR amazingly changed their tune after REMAX and Anywhere Settled. And first, we're going to lead with this call now from all the major players in the financial world, the Mortgage Bankers Association, the National Association of Realtors, the National Association of Home Builders, all are calling on the Federal Reserve to provide market certainty about the Fed's rate path and its plans for mortgage-backed securities Specifically, Lawrence Yoon came out and said this. I'm going to read this statement, Stacey, and then I'd love to hear you react to it. Um, and it's this is after the jobs report that came out the end of last week, where we had a really great number of new jobs getting added, great number of jobs being added to payroll, and unemployment stayed the same at 3.8%. The market reacted. Rates went up to about eighths They've been kind of hanging around there for now. The 10-year yield continued to move up. Here is the instant reaction from Lawrence Yoon, Chief Economist at NAR. The job market continues to crank out jobs in high figures, 336,000 in September and over 4 million more compared to pre-COVID March 2020. It does not mean all is well. The jobs data is considered a lagging indicator as the firms will only make a jobs cut decision after having cut costs in other areas. Commercial real estate in particular is flashing warning signs. Net leasing on retail and warehouse spaces is slowing. The office sector is continuing to bleed with rising vacancy rates. Community banks, many with exposures to commercial real estate, are watching their balance sheets carefully. The fast-rising interest rates are breaking several sectors of the economy. The remaining sectors will also likely uh, crack if the rate hikes continue. Given that the inflation rate is already cooling, the Fed needs to stop raising rates and strongly consider cutting interest rates next year. That would be the soft lending, landing without the net jobs cut to the economy. What do you two think about all this? Sarah amazingly got here from 76. You got one of those flying cars <laughs> that just kind of lifted you up and got you here?
1: Oh, my God. It was ridiculous. No, <laughs> I, I agree. <laughs>
2: it's
0: all good. What do you um, think, Stace?
2: I, you know, I love everything he said. I love his statement it was strong um and it it's everything that he addressed is is exactly what's happening like the i know the commercial real estate side is really ha- has been affected mm-hmm. there's a lot of companies that um they don't need the space anymore they're it's hybrid working things like that and and there's other companies that are f- trying to force people to come back but commercial real estate has been very stressed mm-hmm. um so And we've seen some of the smaller banks already fail because of the higher interest rates. And it is the interest rates that are causing people to pause on their home purchases. That's what's really affecting home affordability at this point. So I agree with everything that he says. Do I think that the Fed's going to listen? No. (laughs) (laughs) No, they're going to do what they're going to do because that's what they've been doing.
0: Do you think they're going to hike rates at the November meeting after this jobs report, Stacy? What's What's the What's the crystal ball tell you? You do.
2: Yeah, I think they're going to. I think they're going to hike it one more time before next year, because again, next year is election year. So I think that's when we might see changes. But the jobs report is not helping them in their endeavor. They want to see higher unemployment. Um, they also are still targeted that two percent inflation. So. Their numbers aren't where they want them, so they're gonna just keep beating the. I can't. Well, they're just gonna keep drilling it with the higher. You know, the um, increasing the uh, basis points.
1: So I think there's one more hike in store for us. Yeah, I'm. Um, I'm right there with you, Stacy. I think. I think there's gonna be another raise.
0: So we think there's gonna be another raise. And the challenge with that is that we're seeing the ten year now, it's it's gone up past that like line line in the sand of like four point three four where it was kind of hovering. And now a lot of economists, Logan Motoshami, specifically from Housing Wire, is telling us look out for four point eight seven, which tells me we could see eight percent rates. I mean, that I don't I don't think that's unreasonable at this point. You were on this earlier in the year, you said I think they could go to eight. All the experts said so maybe you should I don't know if you wanna hang up your, your real estate shingles, Sarah, and start working for these companies. Um, thorough research led to all this, by the way. So um, but you were you were right on, Sarah. So wh- you, you when you said that earlier in the year, what kind of led you to that conclusion? Because I mean I I, right. I went back and like looked through all this stuff.
1: My gut. Your gut <laughs> <laughs> so, It wasn't fully based off of like data. <laughs> like, yeah, off of all of the data. But just for like where where things were at, where they were going, what the expectations were. Um, and, I mean, I was very much hoping to be wrong, but I – yeah, it's, it still is shocking to – if it goes above eight, um, that's going to be a hard pill to swallow.
0: So we got 21 days until the next Fed meeting, and according to the CME Group, this is this company that charts these things. They're saying there's an 88 percent chance rates do not go up at the November 1st meeting, which would be a welcome sign for a lot of people – and, and here's the challenge with this, that we, we know when the Fed increases rates, it doesn't doesn't automatically increase mortgages. That's not how it works. The market's got to react. We saw the market react to the jobs report, which was way favorable. And one of the challenges with this jobs report is that, um, and, and Logan Modashami at HousingWire did the analysis, if we didn't have the pandemic, big if, but we, we did. That's a big if. But it, it, here, here's, the, here's the analysis. If jobs were being added at the normal pace prior to that, Right now, the U.S. would have between 157 million and 159 million jobs. Um, so that would be step one. And then from there, if we were to chart where we are now, we're kind of playing catch up with these jobs that are getting at it. We're at 156 million, 800,000 and change. So we're getting close. And this is a lagged piece of data, right? This is this is the, the, the issue with the Fed is they like lag indicators. They're like the real estate agent that had a great year last year Mm -hmm. and is having a horrible year this year and just keeps looking at how many homes they sold in the past and not where their business is going. You're laughing. This is very true. true. And this is what's going on right now. So they have all these lagged indicators that are causing problems for a lot of consumers because we're feeling the inflation, right? I mean, people Mm -hmm. feel inflation. I mean, I hear how much stuff costs, construction costs, all these things. And now what's being pointed out is that the biggest barrier that people are seeing around affordability, it's not home prices, it's mortgage rates, and it looks like they're going to continue to go up. So, are, are these the kind of conversations that you're running into? This is uh, some data that was underscored in the Fannie Mae Home Price Sentiment Index, which decreased by 2.4 points in September, and it's basically it tracks the housing market and consumer confidence. So it's going down, and mortgage rates persistently above seven appear to be deepening the malaise customers are feeling right now.
2: I'm definitely hearing yeah. that the interest rates are the primary issue that people are are going to hold off, and I think that um, it's kind of they want to wait to see what happens into next year. I'm hearing that also, mm-hmm. um, and to your point about eight percent, I had a client um, her she got quoted. Eight point two five percent, which I thought was really high.
0: What, 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 what was like the down money with their credit issues? Can you give a little color on this?
2: I, to me, she's a very she's one of like a star buyer. You know wow. what I mean? Has lots of money to put down. Um, um, her credit's impeccable. So I was very shocked at that quote. Uh, it came in over the weekend. Mhm. So, um How much was
0: she putting down? It was like 20% down. Five 20
2: 25.
0: Okay. 25% is
2: down. Is it an
0: investment property?
2: No. It's her main, yes. It's her primary residence. So, I thought I thought that was high. Yeah. Um you know, my first inclination is to always say shop around to get get Right. You know. She did, however, lock in. She does have the opportunity to at some point if rates do drop um, they can relock in that rate, but only one chance she gets at that. So it's you know, I don't know. I I still think that um, there's probably better options for her out there, right?
0: Who's the lender? Right. Are you allowed to say this?
2: It's it's a local person, a local lender. Um, but mm. I was really surprised that the rates were at that point. So I guess we'll just have to see what happens. Um, You're going you to tell she, me at the break. She was she was. Um, she was just as surprised,
1: yeah, I think I was
2: more surprised because I saw what the rates came in on Friday, right, and it wasn't
1: it wasn't it bad. wasn't
2: it didn't cross over the eight mark, so um, but we'll see, um she still has time, so she can shop around, yeah, but I think that so she she's under contract, yeah, she's, she's under contract, yeah. so but she can and she can still shop around, yeah, so we'll wait until we get
1: through some of the contingencies and then um revisit that, right, yeah, that's uh. Especially when you kind of know where, where they were on Friday and then yeah. seeing that come in, that's, uh, yeah, I was surprised. Yeah. 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 No, I've had, um, I've had several clients recently who, um, you know, just with, with where the rates are, it's been, you know, an issue for either like needing to pull back or, um, maybe reevaluate price point to keep things within that like monthly payment that, that can be affordable, and that's always a tough conversation to have once, you know, they have certain expectations of what what they're looking for, and then if you're pulling back for the price point, like you're not getting as much or your location's having to shift a little bit, um, so it's been, it's definitely been on the radar for people. Mm-hmm.
0: So you're seeing it in the field. Mm-hmm. Here's the numbers that we're seeing here, and then we can talk a little bit about how this can affect people's fourth quarter decision making and take a quick break. So, in September, 16% of consumers reported that it was a good time to buy a home, matching the all time survey low set last year. That tells me there's opportunity. I know this may not seem like a good number, but that, that's the reality. The share of consumers expressing pessimism hit a new high of 84%. I, I could have done that math. This is what I'm reading here. So uh, that, that gets you to 100 by my calculations. So it, when, and they note the respondents are looking at like unfavorable mortgage rates as number one on the sell side as the top reason why it's also a bad time to sell a home because people are trying to acquire another property. So what I see here as opportunity is that you're going to be able to get inspections accepted. You're going to be able to get contingencies accepted. I was on the phone with an agent from our team. You did this earlier in the year. Home sale contingencies, right? This stuff, like unheard of things happening. Mm -hmm. I still can't believe you got that offer. You called me and you're like, I'm (laughs) not going to believe this, but um, this is happening now. So, Sure, rates are going to be higher. I'd imagine rates are going to come down. The consensus is that's where this is going to go. If you've been struggling to find a home right now or the perfect home comes up that you want, this is where the opportunity is. There's going to be less competition these next couple months here. And Stacey, as you mentioned, there's an election coming up. I would be shocked if they keep up with this policy with all these folks coming out. I think there's going to be late to the party like the Fed always is. And that seems to be the biggest thing that we're we're running into is they – It's like when you see someone make a decision and you're like, we've been telling you this for months.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Why why, why is it taking so long? That seems to be the the decision making path that the Fed's on.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's standard. Yeah. (laughs) Not surprising. They they have to it has to be their own idea. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like kids sometimes. You know what I mean? (laughs) You tell them, you tell them, you tell them and you know you're right. Yep. But they don't want to listen and they come to it on their own and then they, they make the change.
0: So, real quickly, you guys are in the field all the time. I'm, I'm meeting with sellers constantly. What I'm telling sellers right now, and then I want to hear what you're telling your folks, is that, yeah, the, these conditions aren't ideal. This is the this is where we are. However, if you've got your place to move to, there's no better time to sell your house because the demand is still there for the people yep. that are really serious. Mm-hmm. And home shoppers in the fourth quarter, people don't put on their winter jacket or you know, whatever they're wearing in this time of year. And go out and look at homes if they're not serious about buying something. I am so clear on that. And even when if they're looking at homes when rates are at 7 and five eighths, they're going to buy something. They're not messing around. This isn't like looky-loo season like we saw a lot during the pandemic when rates were at 3 and you didn't know who was serious and who wasn't. Right. Mm-hmm. How are you advising your clients right now, especially on the purchase side? You had someone that just bought a home over the weekend. I know you've got a couple clients that have gone under contract recently in these conditions. What are you saying to them? And maybe it's them them just making the decision, I don't know. But how, how are those conversations going real quickly here?
2: Well, the clients that I'm working with now, they all have real motivation to move. So, um, and you know that because if they have children, they're, they're going to be switching school districts. Um, so they're serious. Mm-hmm. They either have lease deadlines or uh, job transfers, things like that. Um, so it's all about, you know... Finding the opportunity, and you're right. All the offers that I'm negotiating now have inspections. Two of uh, the offers that I'm in process of negotiating are below asking price. Mm-hmm. The one was not. We had to go over asking price. <laughs> so it's it's different. It's different. Um, each house that your uh, clients are looking at have different, um, you know, some might have issues that – other people don't want to deal with. They want move-in ready. They don't want to paint or change carpeting. Right. Things like that. So you look for those opportunities. Yeah. And there's room to negotiate. So I think for the serious folks out there looking, it's definitely, you know, you can get your inspections so you can feel good. You can yeah. negotiate those inspections. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't have to, you know, give everything away mm-hmm. or, you know, waive them or just do them for informational purposes. Let's see, you know, let's make them feel comfortable. So I think... To that to them that that is some relief, mm-hmm. you know, they do feel like okay this is this is at least we're getting that we are comforted, we could terminate if something is too um out of the realm for us to deal with in this home and continue our search. So I think it is a great opportunity for buyers at this point, even though the interest rates seem to be somewhat
1: higher than what they were a couple of years ago, right <laughs> they're still below yeah the historic average, right, right. <laughs> yeah I mean, I would say like first and foremost, obviously, motivation is is pretty important here for who's gonna you know put in the the solid offers um, and who's gonna continue to to look when you know not every piece of this is as favorable. Um, however, you know when rates were lower, then there were other things that weren't quite as as favorable. so they're always it's kind of pointing out the positive and pointing out the wins where you have them. Mm-hmm. Um, breaking down, like kind of bringing it back to what is the what is the reason for the move? What is the motivation for the move? And then, you know, looking at the numbers and does it still make sense for you right now? Because there are certainly some people who as much as they would like to, maybe, maybe it doesn't make sense right now. But for those where you can make it work, pointing out the positives. And sometimes, you know, people will start off in their mind with, I need this, 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 and this. And then as you're out looking at things or as you get... Outbid on different homes, or your terms weren't there, or or whatnot. um, Helping them kind of figure out, you know, what is a want, what is a need, or what is something that you could get to later, Um, and maybe everything doesn't need to be perfect right when you move in. Um, So just kind of like bringing it back to having those conversations and then helping them find the right fit. But if you think about it, is there ever really a
2: perfect market? I mean, people two years ago were complaining they didn't want to compete. Yep. They weren't paying, you know, 50 75000 over asking price. Yeah. And yeah, they didn't want to go up against, you know, to, or waive inspections and, you know, right. be one of 12 offers in a pile. Right. So you have that side of it. And then when things
1: kind of yeah. start to
2: favor them, then there you know, there's complaints of the interest rates.
1: Right. And I mean, I think it always comes down to like control what you can control, but there are certain mm-hmm. things that you can't. And mm-hmm. so for some of the, people out there who are pulling out because, uh, or like, you know, are focused on these interest rates. If it weren't the interest rates, there's a good chance it'd be something else. Cause right. you're right. It's never just perfect. Right. Just get the house. Yeah.
0: And I think that goes for the people that are looking to sell too, where they yeah. need to find a new home. You might need just to modify it a little bit and just, and, and get clear on what your must haves are. So well, well said ladies, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about NAR, backpedaling again. Shocker. This is all we talk about. is NAR and these rates. And then we're going to come on. We got the Sheffield Shuffler coming on at 3.30. Very excited to talk to him. Legendary sports blogger, at least in my opinion, in the greater Philadelphia area. Great time for that. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB, 860 AM.
3: Or give us a call at 610-439-8000. We always have a person available to take your call with around-the-clock human service. Purchase your home with the personalized, local service
4: you find at Mortgage America. Mortgage America is an equal housing lender. NMLS 128501.
3: Have you considered a career
0: in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610-692-6976 or visit tomtool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Made. Even our brand new agents average 17 to 24 sales a year. We offer proven systems and expert training. We help you set more appointments and sell more houses. Now here's the offer. If you don't have a real estate license yet, we offer real estate scholarships so you can get one for free. Check it out at realestatescholarshipprogram.com or visit the Tom Tool sales group at Remax Mainline at tomtool.com. That's Tom, e.com get more out of your real estate career and remember the real estate golden rule you always get more when you work with Tom Tool. When you're
4: getting a mortgage you shouldn't have to sacrifice great service just to get a great rate. At Mortgage America we've been lending with this philosophy for over 35 years. We have access to great low rates without the complications and delays of big or online banks We're a local Pennsylvania lender with loan officers that you can actually meet. As PHFA's number one lender we specialize in all residential mortgage programs including first time buyer programs and low down payment options For your free pre-approval call us at 610-439-8000 or apply online at mymortgageamerica.com.
0: Welcome back to Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB, 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Stacy Mitchell. She's Sarah Timon. And we've got Peter from the Sheffield Shuffler here. I'm sure he's going to have all kinds of opinions about this class action lawsuit that we're uh, dealing with the three packs right now. <laughs> Um, and we're live every week. We all work at the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline, the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania since 2018. Real quickly, I want to talk about this lawsuit. Uh, you guys had covered this, Stacey, uh, a couple weeks ago when I was out. Um, REMAX announced the terms of the final lawsuit. So if you guys don't know what we're talking about, there's two class action lawsuits about sellers being overcharged in commissions. One's going to trial in six days. And, and Keller Williams... Home Services, who's the parent company for Berkshire Hathaway, and NAR are, have not settled. So this is potentially going to a class action suit. REMAX and Anywhere, the parent company for Coldwell Banker and Century 21, did settle. And the terms of the settlement got released late on fri- early on Friday, late in the week. Here's the terms. I want to get your, your take on this. So uh, uh, REMAX, Hello, and Anywhere basically did the same thing. So um, the terms were they're going to display offers of compensation You cannot say it is free to work with a buyer agent. You can't have a software filter that restricts MLS listings on the compensation being offered. Um, You have to show and market properties regardless of the offer of compensation. And there is no minimum commission requirement. What do you guys think about these terms?
2: We're already doing that. Right.
0: Well well said. (laughs) This is a nothing burger. I don't think this is anything at all. No, And a good agent should be doing this. Now, what's interesting is as soon as this happened, you see NAR came out and said, hey, we we don't have to offer a commission anymore. That makes me a little nervous for those guys. I'm actually grateful we're out of this suit. I think this is a really good thing for anyone associated with Remax.
1: Yeah, that was, um, yeah, like for most of, like, we're already doing it anyway. I didn't even know there was a way to filter by commission. I didn't either. (laughs) I had no clue. Um, Is there really?
0: So, so when the DOJ settled mm-hmm. um, with NAR, cause remember there was that investigation that got overturned. It was the first time in history a DOJ settlement got overturned. Yeah. What ended up happening was they started implementing a lot of these things already prior to. And then when the new administration got elected, they just flipped it. So a lot of this has been implemented and it's not really it's it, it, good agents are already doing this stuff. I think you right. said it. You said it really well.
2: Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we, we, buyer agent services are not free. (laughs) Somebody pays for that. (laughs) Right. The seller, it's negotiated, you know, during the, the, the listing uh, contract. Um, yeah. And I didn't even know you could, well, I guess you can, but I didn't even know that would be an option. So that never even hit my radar about filtering, filtering out, uh, of compensation. Um, yeah, so it's interesting, though. So NAR is not going to require membership?
0: Uh, yeah, so that, that's the big thing here. Mm-hmm. And right. it's not NAR. It's mm-hmm. The franchises aren't going to require you to be a member of NAR. Got now, the it. problem is we have to do this to get MLS access. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is, I mean, talk about a forced fee. Yeah. Like, oh, you, you don't have to do this unless you want to access all the properties right. for sale. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Unless you want to do business in a normal way. So I I, I see this you've had three major companies now say you don't have to be members of NAR anymore Redfin, Anywhere and Remax and anywhere and Remax I'm a lot more concerned about than Redfin because Redfin it's a discount service their agents aren't like some of these older school brokerages that are out there so you know what what I get concerned about is NAR now is all of a sudden backpedaling on their stance and allows listings with zero commission I mean I don't I don't see how this goes well for them going to court. You might as well just settle at this point, right? Yeah. Um, and maybe they have more money that they're trying to grab from those companies versus you know Re- I mean Remax settled for fifty five million. It's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. They had about eighty nine million on their balance sheet, so it's not chump change. But I mean, it's I think it's actually not not a bad number to settle. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I think. I mean, I, we don't know. Maybe there will be settlements in the week coming because sometimes that happens at the last minute they come to terms. Yeah, and they decide to settle. Uh, it's like a game of chicken, you know. Right, right. <laughs> so there could be a lot of uh, negotiations going on behind the scenes right now, and it's not going to um, – the hearings aren't going to start. So we'll have to wait and see what happens in, in this next week to come. But I think – I mean, it, they at this point, since there's already been two settlements, there's a – it's probably to their best interest for sure to just try to
1: get it settled.
0: Right. Is, is NAR going to go away? I I see this is this is what's happening here. I mean, you already have these major companies. I mean, lo- Cobalt Banker's been around forever, right? I if they're saying you don't have to be a member of NAR, I don't see how this. It's seven hundred bucks to be a member of NAR. They spent forty six million on some marketing campaign that was a bunch of nonsense. Uh, and I'm being nice here because we're on the radio. Do you see NAR folding?
1: As long as they have the rain on access into, like, the MLS and stuff, I I feel like, how are you going to, like, continue on, again, in a normal, like, productive way without it? But, um, yeah, it, it seems like some of their power is uh, dwindling. <laughs> they're going to be
2: hurt. It's They're going to be crippled by, if, if members, you know, if people aren't joining. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know they they lobby... Uh, you know, Congress for things. So
0: doesn't seem to be going well with these lawsuits.
2: Exactly. (laughs) And, you know, their leadership, hmm, that they're very Mm -hmm. questionable. Yeah. (laughs) So um, I would like them to open up their books and see where the money's going. Right.
0: Well, they did tell. I went to that marketing campaign and these uh, outlandish salaries to people that were tolerating sexual harassment in the Chicago office. So my my concern here and, and my, I think there's an opportunity now for a new association to rise up. That's actually going to be productive here. I mean, the code of ethics is kind of, it, it's whatever. Um, the MLS access, if the first, Bright already went against NAR once, where they eliminated the compensation, right? Bright's the, our, our local MLS here. If one of those MLSs, said, and, and that, some MLSs don't require NAR membership, by the way, just not any of the big ones. New York City doesn't even have an MLS, and that's like the best, the, the most lucrative market in the country. Right. If you see one of these MLSs break away, that's it. I think it's over, and, and you're going to see the association fall down or a drastic overhaul. I don't know which. I, I just I, – th- they're in a lot of trouble here with these companies saying you don't have to be a member of NAR anymore. Yeah.
2: What's the, the relationship – like, what's the agreement between NAR and Bright?
0: So in order to get MLS access, you right. have to be a realtor.
2: Right, but, like, what – like, couldn't Bright enter into their own separate –
0: well, there's other MLSs like in Portland and Seattle and other. Pl- you right. have to be a real estate salesperson, right? So a real estate right. salesperson is the license we all hold. Mm-hmm. The NAR is a designation. You go sit in that boring right. class.
1: You get a you pin. Yeah. yeah, you get. You get the
0: I threw pin my out. pin out today, by the way. I was cleaning my <laughs> office. No, no joke. I I tossed it. There, there's no There's no benefit it, anymore. I mean, right. MLS access is it. And if this falls down, I think NARs in a lot of trouble. I mean, and yeah. and that's it's going to be really interesting to see what happens here.
2: Why would Bright still want to be? affiliated with that.
0: I don't I don't know that they're going to be. I think okay. that's my point. I, th- I, I think I could see one of these companies pulling away. Okay. And when that when that happens, that NAR is done oh, if, done yeah. for. I mean, Bright is the second largest MLS in the country. New York City already doesn't have an MLS. Mm-hmm. Massachusetts you can opt out of NAR membership and still get MLS access. Mm-hmm. So it's not like this is unheard of.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It just it's kind of like a monopoly.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Or it is a monopoly. Definitely is a monopoly. It's
1: like you you have to buy into bright through right well then for you the already have your what like quarterly fees that you pay to mm-hmm. maintain access mm-hmm. do you pay an annual fee to them as well Well there's an annual
0: dues to nar, to NAR. and then there's NAR. quarterly for bright mls yes. right
1: so i wonder if right. nar goes away will there then also be an annual in addition to your quarterly for mm, probably a, for
0: not bright? i don't i mean I don't, I don't think bright sees any of that money i mean really okay. it's the electronic lockbox which is kind of a pain in the butt anyway
1: Supra. Well, some of, <laughs> some of these people,
0: like, they're like, I, I don't I don't have one. So if you put it yeah. on your listing and you got to go show right. it, it just creates more problems. So. Right.
2: Exactly.
1: And well, then what's funny, sometimes they'll have, they'll be that one, but then mm-hmm. they'll have a regular lockbox, like, hidden somewhere else. And it's right. just like, well, then, like, Well, what's what? the point? Right.
2: You know, and sometimes in, the, in when you go out, like, Southern Chester County, you can't even get a signal. Right? Isn't that so, the worst? Yeah, it's the worst. Yeah. So you got barely a signal, and you're waiting for the beeps to come in, and you're waiting for the electronic lock to open. It's, yeah. Yeah, it, it's yeah. Sometimes and it, and if your battery's low on your phone, right? So I I think doing away with those electronic lock boxes is probably a good idea anyway.
1: Right? Give me mm-hmm. my thirteen dollars a month back or whatever not, or you have to pay. No to... combo locks. Right?
2: <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. There should be an agreement. Get rid of the combo locks that right. are like. I, I don't even know how this is the technology we're
0: talking about in real <laughs> estate. Like this, it's, it's <laughs> such a joke. This is why NAR's got to go. I'm, I'm I'm a big anti NAR person right now. I just don't I don't their leadership has has failed, obviously yep. in a lot of ways. We're in these lawsuits now, thanks to them. Yep. And, and and I'd love to see like Remax is just like, hey, forget you guys N A R. We're gonna take this over. And I got a lot of respect for Nick Bailey, the CEO. Anywhere already did that. I mean I they're they're preserving what's best for them and that obviously means no NAR membership. So That's good. This could be the end. Yeah.
2: It's we a will big see slush fund anyway. Yes. <laughs>
0: All right, enough of that. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to get to the most exciting part of the show. We got Peter here from the Sheffield Shuffler. I I am really excited for this guest. Uh, One of the biggest people we've had on, besides Garrett Stubbs, he's probably number one. Uh, (laughs) His grandmother's a real estate agent. That's how we got him. So believe it or not. We'll be right back on Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB, 860 a.m. the Tom Tool Sales Group is the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania with over $165 million in volume for 2021. I'm Tom Tool, and our team has achieved that kind of success by being a great place to work with and to work for. No one knows Greater Philly better than we do. We know real estate, but more importantly, we're real people. We hire the best agents, and we give them all the tools to succeed. Even our brand-new agents sell 17 to 24 homes a year because our team delivers the best experience in real estate. Teams deliver a better experience than individuals, and we're a top 1% real estate team in the country. We call it AAA Service. We're your advocate, ally, and advisor. Because this isn't a transaction to us. It's a relationship. If you're buying or selling a home, call the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Main Line at 610-692-6976 or visit tomtool.com. That's tom, tool with an e.com. Sell your home for more and remember the real estate golden rule. You always get more when you work with Tom Tool. Have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610-692-6976 or visit tomtool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax max Main <laughs> All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB, 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Sarah Time, and she's Stacey Mitchell. The three of us work at the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline, the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania since 2018. And we're streaming live every week on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. If you can do us a favor, subscribe to the channel. Like what you see would mean a lot if you get some value out of this or you're just enjoying what you hear. But most importantly, we got Peter here from the Sheffield Shuffler. So, you can follow him at Sheffield Shuffler on Instagram. Thank you for coming on. This was very late notice, yeah. but uh, I'm a big I'm a big fan of yours. I follow your account all the time. I think it's hysterical. It's also great analysis. Why don't you introduce yourself to everybody, tell them what you do, and then we'll kind of kind of dig into your whole brand here.
5: Yeah, so I'm Peter. I started Sheffield Shuffler. So some background on how this got started. Um, I'm born and raised in Chicago, right? I moved out here two years ago, so I'm, I'm from Chicago. I, this is all very new to me, all the, the Philly stuff. But I've, I've assimilated to the culture. I bought into the, to the, to the teams, to the brand. Um, but I used to live on the corner of Sheffield and Addison, right by Wrigley Field um and i would be you know right after college i got a job downtown and so I'd be living down there, and I'd be coming home, you know, 1, 2 o'clock in the morning, and there's my buddies. They go, there he is, the Sheffield Shuffler, shuffling home. <laughs> and so I was like, that is such, I love that name. I want to use that for my brand. So my brand is like sports and like regal debauchery. It's like silly, goofy, you know, off the wall kind of stuff, with like, obviously my passion for sports sprinkled into it as well. So I learned uh, a skill set, right? I learned how to do graphic design. I learned how to do video editing. Um, I wanted to put my personality behind the brand, so that's, that's pretty Pretty much how I got started. That was like in 2020 during the pandemic. I wanted to, you know, like work for myself, generate another revenue stream. So this is my passion project. It turned into two jobs down the line. Um, I'm working for uh, a sports uh, sports company as well. I do this, you know, continue to grow this as well. And and that's where I'm at. Yeah.
0: Very cool. So the reason I had find, found out about you is, I mean, obviously we do a lot of like media and gra- and all, all that stuff. And I love that you're building your brand was this video that you did about NFL quarterbacks. Do you yeah. want, do you, I, I don't know if you two know about this and Stacy and Sarah are very cool. They're they're down to hear about whatever. Can you explain <laughs> this vi- I, this was genius and it was people were sending it to me. Mm-hmm. It went viral. I yeah. mean it, it was it was pretty incredible. Yeah,
5: it was I think it was like 2 years ago and it was right before Thanksgiving. Yes. And as you can tell like I like to pr- um make like highly produced videos. I think that stands out on a social feed uh, more than anything when you see in a high definition camera, good audio. That that one I made is Super simple. I had my hood up. It was right before Thanksgiving, probably a little hungover, and I'm just like they, – they had the the women of what the quarterbacks would look like, like NFL quarterbacks if they were women, and I rated them how many beers it would take for me to, you know, kiss, kiss them.
1: Kiss them. So
5: I, I did them. I went, through, I went through a bunch of them, made a video, and it just hit, and That's people funny. loved it and got a lot of traction. So um, that really helped propel my brand to, to kind of where I'm at now.
0: So, so – Um, Our sales manager, Brian, is from Chicago, so he's actually a big Cubs fan, and he he gives us a hard time about Kyle Schwarber and all that stuff. Yeah, What's it been like moving from a place like Chicago to here? Because I think the cities are kind of similar in terms of their passion, Yeah, but what what are you seeing as someone that's recently transplanted just a couple years ago?
5: Yeah, I mean, I really love it, honestly. It's uh, very similar. The passion here that the fans have, they're knowledgeable. They hold people accountable. They hold their athletes accountable. Um, And like you said, it, it was very easy for me to fall in love two years ago when I got here Kyle Schwarber won a World Series with the Cubs. Nick Castellanos is on the team. You have one of the best baseball players in the world in Bryce Harper. So it was very easy for me. You know, I met my wife in 2015, so I've always been kind of around, like, the Eagles and the Phillies and stuff. And then once I got here, I was like, man, this is awesome. And I'm 20 minutes away from the stadium and, you know, the casino's right there. The stadiums are all next to each other. It's a great setup. So just very easy to fall in love with the city. I haven't met a piece of pizza I didn't like. Uh, Chinese food is great. Like, all the food has been good. There's nothing I miss so much from home besides a hot dog. I haven't been able to find, like, a good hot dog.
1: Like, specifically a Chicago dog or just, like, any
5: hot dog? Any hot dog. I I would be happy with any hot dog. I just haven't found, like, a good spot for that. That's kind of, like, the only thing that's missing.
1: One of the best hot dogs that I've had in the city, and I can't remember the place of it, it was a food truck at, like, a farmer's Uh, market one time, like, three years ago. And I'm still, like, that was
5: a hot dog. had a good snap to it, poppy seed buns. Yeah. Yeah, so (laughs) That would be the only thing. Otherwise, I love it here. I love the East Coast. I'm an hour from the ocean. I got everything I need around here. So I'm very blessed to, yeah, I always say, like, to my buddies from Chicago, it's like, it's not like I live in Des Moines, Iowa, where like nothing's going on. Like this is a happening town. Like everybody loves what's going on and you know, a lot of the, the sports are great. So I'm very blessed and happy to be here.
0: Well, I I mean, I think it's it sounds like it, it suits you well. So again, you can follow Peter, he's at Sheffield Shuffler on Instagram. So, you know, it, we have a lot of real estate agents that listen to this show and you've built a brand here. It's got I think you have sixty thousand followers, something like that. How has that helped your business? Because a lot of people, they don't they, – it's not about the likes and the follows. It's about how do you actually turn it into some business. So what, what, is, what have you seen as a benefit to that? And uh, tell us maybe how you started building it and when you, how long it took you to really get some traction.
5: Yeah, so um, it's all about monetizing, right? You want to monetize your, your following at some point. So the whole point I wanted to start this was because I wanted to work in sports media. So eventually, you know, after a couple of years or a year and a half, I got a job. So then I got a job working in sports media. Um, so that was like the, the, the thing. I wanted to have my salary being working for a sports sports company. So I got that. And then you want to do partnerships and, you know, other things, other revenue streams that you can bring in. And you do that by knowing what your audience is. Right. My audience like sports. They like gambling, um, stuff like that. So who would I partner with? I would partner with. Those kind of companies. Hey, they see this following. Um, you know, merchandise brands. I have uh, you know, some partnerships with golf companies that will send me golf clothes and you know, exchange for you can exchange uh like goods just for like making videos. It's it's pretty cool. It's like I get all this like cool golf stuff. Like, and golf stuff is expensive. They're like $70 shirts. Yeah. So I get like nice hats and, and I'm like, all right, I make a couple videos and like that's it. So yeah. you can, yeah, even if you can't monetize that way, um, it's it, basically what Instagram is. It's you know it's advertising. So brands want to work with other companies and creators who make you know videos and stuff like that to get their their brand out there. So there's tons of opportunity um, all over the place.
1: Was there like a shift that took place at some point uh, during your process here where maybe initially you had to do most of the reaching out to some of these different companies to be like, hey, let's partner, and now they reach out to you?
5: Yeah, absolutely. I think as um, you are continuing to grow you are, um, you know, I'm, I'm a hustler, so I'm always DMing, trying to connect to people and and do that kind of stuff. And then as you continue to grow, then it's more so like you can kind of pick and choose and you can yeah. kind of set a price point, be like, well, this is what I start at. Um, so that's, those are kind of the advantages as you continue I to grow. I need
1: three golf shirts. Right, <laughs> <Not> exactly. <one. laughs> yeah. <You laughs> three
5: a month, you get two videos. Yeah. And you kind of learn how the, you know, how the business uh, of social media and marketing and it all works and you can kind of use that to your advantage in whatever way you say fit
0: yeah i think that's great advice because there's a lot of i mean we, we talk about this all the time there's all these real estate agents out there and i think they're more focused on being influencers and how is it going to help their business and a mm-hmm. lot of it you know it, it, you're, you're in a much different business than, than we are but it's how do you get the exposure out there so you can actually have like conversion conversations and that's mm-hmm. what and you're talking about like getting into dms and actually like, reaching out to people that's so no different than a real estate agent calling the people to see their video or like following up after they send an email. It can't. Mm-hmm. Ju- it's not just a lot of come list me calls or come come work with my company. So, what what advice do you have for someone? Like, wh- did you have like a schedule that you followed or like how consistently were you building content? Because like, I, I think people think it's a lot easier than it is. This is hard work. A
5: hundred percent. Everybody thinks that they're a content creator or an influencer, right? I always say like you are like everybody is just a schmuck with an iPhone, right? <laughs> you are. You know, every everybody can do this oh uh the Phillies <laughs> lost last night they everybody can do that you are not special you're not talented anybody can do that if you can get a thousand dollar camera with nice audio equipment set up proper lighting uh, analyze a game tell a couple jokes whatever make it engaging that's what it is engagement have a um uh having a uh what is it you take a side, either way, like a, a, a either side, an opinion, an opinion, yes. an opinion yes. a, a very strong opinion that you can back up with facts and information. Mm-hmm. Then that's where everybody wants. Like you're an idiot, you're wrong. <laughs> I don't care if you think I'm wrong or if I'm right, because you are engaging and you're telling the mm-hmm. algorithm, send it out, send it out, send it out. And that's how a lot of my content is: is you want to stand out on the feed. I choose to stand out by having high quality content, and then having an opinion about something, and then people can agree, disagree, whatever, share it. And that's where I've found success. I like storytelling. So my most recent video that I had with um, uh, Bryson Stott on there, it's about dancing on my own, and it's yeah, a story. Yeah, that's, behind that's it.
0: how I DM'd you to come on okay. the show. It's exactly what happened. Yeah.
5: So as you can see, like that is yeah a higher piece of content. It tells a great story. People can follow along. It's engaging. Um, you don't get that by just sticking your phone out here and, you know, doing that. You have to learn a skill set You have to know how to edit. You know, have to know how graphics work. You have to have motion elements. This is, you know, and that just goes to research. People have to keep their eyes moving. The the captions, you know, 80% of people watch videos with no Mm -hmm. sound. That's why captions are so important. So these are the things you have to know when you're going into creating engaging content.
0: Yeah. I mean that, that that's really great work. We have a, a good friend of ours, at least of mine. He's been on the show. He's the broke agent. He so I don't know this, this guy. You might want to follow. So okay. he's got like four hundred thousand followers, and it's all about making fun of people in real estate. And oh, okay. He hated selling real estate, so he did that instead. He was also horrible at it, which probably helped. <laughs> but um, and now he's got a media company that he did the same thing. So I think it's a, it's it's a great lesson. So what you know, tell us where 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 you're trying to grow your brand to. Like, what are some of your like longer term plans? Like, how how could we support you? Because I'm I'm just very curious on. You got the job, which is awesome. You got these partnerships. Like, what what's next?
5: Yeah, so my goal is to be ingratiated with Philly sports media. I want to talk to athletes. I want to do interviews. I want to have, you know, friendships. You know, yeah, with yeah, like, yeah. These, like
4: a
3: casual
5: where, you know, we talk to each other. You come up, pa- podcasts, whatever. Um, You know, credentials to go in the, the locker room. Like, I want to be taken seriously but also be able to have fun. Um, but I want to be a part of Philly sports media. Like, I love, you know, the Phillies and the Eagles um 76ers and flyers kind of either way but flyers are
0: horrible so yeah. don't, don't worry about it
5: but those are like my baseball and football are my passion so like those are the two sports like I want to be a part of those circles whether it's you know interviewing these athletes talking to them getting takes kind of things like that so my long-term goal is to be a part of that whole movement if that makes sense you know like you see these other sports brands they got Players from other teams, and they'll come on their podcast, and they'll talk about stuff. And like, if you can get good quotes or a good quote from an athlete, you make one of those graphics. Like that thing blows up, you
0: mm-hmm. know. I, I think that, I think that's great. And uh, you know, you'd be surprised how accessible those. I mean, you just got to find, you got to make connections, right? It's all about yeah. who you know in this in, in any any business, really. So, um, so so you've got this brand. You want to be ingrained in Philly sports. I think is awesome. I think you're already. I mean, some of the stuff I've seen. I mean, that's how we got in touch. That's right. literally what it was. So. In order to do that, like like where, what kind what kind of interviews do you want to be doing? Like, I mean, because I think some of the stuff is like so bland right now in sports media, and they don't ask the right questions at these press conferences. So, Mm -hmm. like, do you have a different approach that you take, or what what what, what does that look like for Peter?
5: Um, I don't not so much really. I don't think I have like a plan, kind of how to stand out with like those kind of questions and stuff. I think being genuine, being um, real, and kind of. Getting athletes like to like kind of put their hair down when they're on a podium up there, everything's buttoned up for oh. sure. we we didn't do our jobs, we didn't, but getting them in like a room like this and we're talking like buddies or whatever, I think that's where they can let their hair down and really say like, hey, that's wrong or this isn't what they did right as opposed to everybody's looking at you, you're on television where they can kind of let their hair down It's a more casual space. And I think that's where real conversations happen and that's where you can kind of get really good content. love. So, it. If anybody's interested in doing that, please let me know. I'll give you my address. Bryce, I'm talking to you, baby.
0: <laughs> I could probably get you in touch with Garrett Stubbs. That's I would about love as far to. as I can, go. I can. I just I
5: can... got the uh, the overalls. They're coming. They're on their way today. I'm oh, <laughs> So awesome. excited. So,
0: so his mom is like this legendary, legendary realtor. Him and and, and, and his grandmother, especially in La Jolla, and mm-hmm. that, that's I've like seen her speak on stage before. And um, we have a mutual friend who's also my real estate coach, and he had connected us, and like he met my like son at the game, like signed to like it was awesome. And then you see these videos coming out. I mean, he's like you called him the chief vibes officer in that in that video, and it's all of a sudden he's like all in on Philadelphia. Like, yeah. and and he's from La Jolla. I mean, he had a tough time, you know, coming up in the majors. He was the catcher of the year. He won the Johnny Bench Award. That kind of guy. I think. It, I mean, that's the kind of story I think people love hearing in this town. I mean, mm-hmm. is that what you're seeing that the people like can really embrace someone like that?
5: Sure, absolutely. Because what's like the vibe of Philly? I mean, like I said, I've I have a two year, two and a half year experience, but it is like a gritty, like tough. Like, we don't care what anyone thinks of us kind of thing. And so, yeah, when you have a player like that who kind of has a background, like, hey, maybe they were brushed off to the side. They weren't given a chance. And then they, you know, exceeded expectations or they outperformed. And now they're where they're at. And, like, yeah, that's that's a great story. Who doesn't love that story, period? It's an underdog story. Everyone loves an underdog story.
0: Yeah. So what yeah. happened during the Super Bowl? They were driving around with dog masks on. And I, mean, yeah. I thought people – was, I was scared for my life that yeah. night in the NFC Championship. So – so what else do people know about you? I mean, I, th- I think this is, like, an awesome brand. I mean, again, you can follow Peter. He's at Sheffield Shuffler on Instagram. Great place to follow. Um, what, what else? I mean, you're you're married. I mean, there's always, like, the other side of, like, the business. So, yeah. And I, I think people actually want to know the whole person, especially when you're doing something like you do.
5: Yeah. So I think that's why I have my podcast, um, because I show you, like, I have, you know, followers on Instagram and stuff, and I'm posting every day and stuff. But, like, that's not my life. That's not real life. I choose what I want to show you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So there's funny stuff. There's goofy stuff. There's stuff you don't take seriously. But in reality, there's who I am as a person. And, and I like to have like these long form conversations and talk to people because then you can really see who I am and, you know, how he really is and not a 30 second clip of me ranting about, you know, the Eagles or the Phillies or something. Um, but, Yes, I have my wife. I had a daughter nine months ago, so I'm a new father. Congrats, I'm man. I'm um, getting used to that. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Uh, so baby girl, love it. Um, yeah, I got a house. I'm not going to live with the town because there's a lot of weirdos. <laughs> what, what's your address? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't be surprised at some of the things that people send you where you're like, whoa, that's <laughs> a little weird. Dude. Um, what's the weirdest thing you've gotten? um just like threats about stuff jeez <laughs> oh, yeah threats about things people are very
0: weird I, very. I i agree
5: you think the internet's weird yeah open up some of those hidden
0: messages that don't I, make yes. it in oh, inbox wow. yeah I've, I've got some of those I, yeah I, so the the podcast called is the chef's kiss podcast so and it's on spotify
5: yeah, Spotify, YouTube. Okay. Um, you can watch it on either one. I just had Jeff Francoeur on the other day. Jeff Francoeur calls uh, the World Series game uh, for the Braves. Oh, wow. So he's a former Brave. He also played for the Phillies as well. Yep. But he was in the box. He calls the game. Um, so I've had him on before, and I had him on as soon as the Phillies made it in. I was like, hey, do you got a couple minutes? We talked uh, to him, which was really great. He gave us a little bit of insight about the Braves and the Phillies. So that's the kind of what I'm working on. I have a buddy that I do the podcast podcast with normally. And then I'm trying to book as many um, athletes and people of interest in, like, the the sports world that would be interesting to listen to. So that's my goal. That's kind of what I'm working on as well um, with the podcast stuff.
0: So you can listen to it on, on Spotify and YouTube. It's the Chef's Kiss podcast. Um, and. I love that because I think people digest a lot of content, like, in their car, right? And 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 it, it having, like, that audio component, I think, goes, goes such a long way.
5: Yeah, and like I said, it gives you that insight to who we are as people and not just, like, those 30-second clips. Um, and, yeah, long form. Long form is important, too, because I think it gives you, rounds out the picture of who this person is and, you know, there's things that you do on social media because you know it's going to get a reaction, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not this jerk or I'm not this <laughs> stupid, but, like... I know how social media works, and I know this is going to do very well um, and stand out and all that kind of stuff. So it's all, um, I guess, it's all an algorithm. And once you figure it out, you can kind of play, you know, cater to it. Use it that. to your
1: advantage. Exactly. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, it's a skill, right? It's, it's And it's how do you use the platform to get people to go where you want them to go? So. Someone that wants to get started with social, because we, again, we have a lot of real estate agents that listen, and, and all of them are trying to figure it out. Like, what do I do? I want to, mm-hmm. and, and like, this is a time of year when we do a lot of business planning. How many times have you heard somebody lady say, I want to do more social media? Mm-hmm. I don't even know what that means. I mean, it, right. it's, it's yeah. got to be specific. It's got to be measurable. Yeah. So what advice do you have for those kind of folks? Because this stuff applies to any business.
5: Yeah. If you're serious about social media, you should learn a skill set. Learn how to edit. Start with CapCut. CapCut is a free app that anybody can download and learn how to edit videos, learn how to import uh, graphics, how you can move it across the screen, learn how to make captions. That's going to make your video more engaging. Like I said, stand you out from the schmucks with just an iPhone. <laughs> learn if that's you know something important. If you want to do graphics, learn how to do graphics. There's all stuff. That's how I learned. I didn't go to school for this. If I was smart, I would have went to school for graphic design and known this stuff as soon as I got out of college. But you have to grow up and figure out what you want to do. But I learned everything through YouTube. I learned how to do graphic design, editing. I have a tablet. I learned how to draw, Illustrator. All the tools are there for you to to use and to, like, learn and figure out. It's just you can't be lazy. I have so many, like, friends that are just like, well, how do you do this? Well, how do I do that? I'm just like, figure it out, man. Like, go to YouTube. Like, I, I'm not going to walk you. I, walked, I got you through one, two, three, four. You can figure out five and six. Um, but learn a skill set. That's that's what I would say because then that makes you valuable to other brands. That's why I have a job now with another company because I'm valuable because I can do things like graphic design, editing, and all that kind of stuff, and know what works. So learn a skill set.
0: I love YouTube University. We we tell people on our team GTS Google mm-hmm. that stuff. stuff. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so we're on the radio, but it's it's amazing. By the time you ask someone the question, you can find it on Google a lot quicker, mm-hmm. right? And it's probably even more specific than the answer you're gonna get. And then you got so I, I love that. How, how often are you posting content? Like, do you have like a schedule you follow or like that? Cause I mean, your stuff, I, I think it's like very timely, like the dancing on my own story. Mm. That was, that was great. Um, do you have a schedule you follow or how do you, how do you book that in? Cause you also have a job and other, other time commitments too. Right. So.
5: Yeah. So I don't have a specific schedule when I saw, like I saw that story from MLB.com about the dancing on my own. I knew I wanted to do that. I'm like, that is great. I can make that very engaging. Um, but as far as, like, everything on social media is very timely. Re- that's why reactions are so big on social media. Everyone wants to see your reaction. Oh, my gosh, they just lost. Can you believe, like, reactions. So being timely and relevant is such a huge part of social media. But I also have a life. I have my daughter. Yeah. I have my wife. So I, I, I do keep, like, I'm always on my phone. If you saw the amount of time I spent on my phone, it's sickening. You're like, you shouldn't be on your phone that often. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're so, real
0: estate agents, so, okay. so I think had, we get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
5: You know, but you're constantly scrolling, scrolling. Sometimes I'm sitting there, and I'm finding myself, and I'm just like, "What are you? What are you doing, man?" Like I had to get those blue light glasses because I have three you know, pairs. <laughs> yeah, it gets you know, it gets yeah. a lot after a while. But um, yeah, no, no schedule. Just kind of, I see things that'll be a good graphic. Hey, let's make a meme out of this. Um, there's a couple tools and apps you can do to make big heads. You've seen those videos. Mm-hmm. You put yeah. someone else's head on a video. So that kind of stuff is engaging. People share that. And everything that's shareable. Always think if you want to make content, would someone share this or or no? Because if it's no, then maybe think how you can make it a little bit different. Um, but, yeah, kind of juggling my job and then building my own brand. Um, that would always take like a backseat, I would say, because my job is obviously first. That's what pays yeah. Pays me. So and then I do what I can um with this as, as often as I can. I do everything from my phone. So really? that is the best thing. Yeah, is I don't like to mess around with my computer. I have enough apps and stuff on my phone to where I can do it by myself.
0: Love it. Love it. So Peter, thanks for coming on, man. This was very insightful. You can follow him at the chef Sheffi- uh, at Sheffield Shuffler. No, the at Sheffield Shuffler on Instagram, Chef Kids Podcast. Really, really insightful. And the amount of real estate agents we have listening to this. You're speaking right to them because it's the same. They have to go sell houses yeah. and then do the social media, not the other way around. So if you want to follow Sarah, she's at tie underscore tie time, looking refreshed back from North Carolina. <laughs> at Stacy, uh, Stacy's at the number two Mitchko. You can follow me at Tom Tool3RD. And again, we're live every week on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. Look up Tom Tool sales group. Give us a like and subscribe if you got some value out of this. And we'll see you next week on WWDB eight sixty AM.